Welcome to Streamable, the podcast about the best streaming content out there. We're going to be reviewing shows and movies from Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney+, Peacock, whatever other services they come up with. So sit back, listen to our review, and then you can tell us how wrong we are on Twitter. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Brett. And together we have over 57 years of movie watching experience. Wait, we were watching movies when we were born? Shh, shut up. So heading into this week, we had a, you know, a decision to make of what to watch. And instead of being patient people and waiting one more week for Mandalorian, we decided to, instead of letting you guys just listen to our old episodes, we'll spend this episode just recapping season one of Mandalorian. Well, I mean, you know, listen to eight episodes, go ahead. But uh, if you want the shorter version, this, you know, this will summarize it hopefully pretty well. Sure, you know, it's just and, because and we, we'll we be able to, to speculate a little bit about season two. Although, uh, we are a hashtag never trailers channel, uh, we have not watched the trailer for season two and absolutely nope. refuse to watch any trailers ever again until they stop spoiling shit. So, never, we're never watching trailers ever. Never trailers, <laughs> we don't actually use that hashtag. We probably should start doing that. We should every time a trailer comes out, just post it up and say, Don't watch this. Hashtag never trailers. <laughs> anyway, so The Mandalorian was definitely my favorite show of last year. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite show since season one of Westworld, which is my favorite show ever. So, I don't know. I think my favorite show ever might actually be Breaking Bad. I uh, am watching the latest season of better call Saul I still haven't watched that which is surprising considering that I like Breaking Bad so much yeah go watch that it's, point. Similar. Like re- I mean, it's obviously different but it has the same feel to it like I've ways. rewatched Breaking Bad like at least four times now I still haven't watched better call Saul I should fix that yeah anyway but you should really watch the Mandalorian yes <laughs> season one season two comes out uh yesterday as of when this episode will be released yeah so go watch the first episode uh tell us what you thought about it and we will have watched it for sure and uh our podcast for that will be out just before the next episode comes out uh or just after the next episode comes out. yeah anyway yeah. season one um uh, so the mandalorian as a whole part of the Star Wars universe, in case you weren't aware for some reason, uh, is not Boba Fett. He is a separate Mandalorian that is the type of armor. Uh, He is a bounty hunter, as we will go through in the recap of episode one. The only other thing I think to establish is when it is set. So going super Star Wars nerd here for a second. It's 9 ABY after the Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin is episode four, A New Hope. So episode six, Return of the Jedi, is four years after that. The Mandalorian is five years after episode six, which also puts it 25 years before episode seven. And there's a couple of things really early on that establish the fact that they're in this kind of lawless wasteland because the Empire has just fallen and the uh, New Republic is kind of just uh, struggling to, to 
uh, re- regain composure, kind of. Yeah. Also, it's always bothered me that... Because um, isn't isn't ABY actually used in-universe as the, like, a time like and date scale? Like, there right. wasn't, like, a bigger event that happened during the entire course of, like, the Old Republic that they used as a base as a base for, like, the uh, the dating system? They reset it at that point. What do you think happened with humans when it went to year zero? Well, I mean, what was the what was the thing before then, though? Like, we've had 2,000 years. It's not years. like they didn't have a calendar. They had I some. don't know. <laughs> I still feel like they're... Because uh, they're, they're pretty advanced. I don't know, like, resetting the year is, is kind of like a big deal. Like, it throws off history books and what people know about what's happening and higher galaxy shifted to a fundamentally different galaxy wide system of control it's a significant event to switch time on well no but it's not it's not when they if we become if we become a multi-planetary species if if the timeline was based on when the empire fell at return that would make more sense it's I don't think it, they, they they don't decide that year. Ah, oh, it's going to be year zero now. They they probably decided it as part of the new republic. So I I think they had, you know, whatever their old system was, and then five years later they're like, oh yeah, five years ago was year zero. It's year five now. I mean that's I what know. they did with Christianity, our, our current Julian calendar. I assume. I just feel like there should have been a bigger event that they they used and just kept on. It just seems weird. Because it seems like, oh yeah, it's it's year nine. Whatever. Random complaint that I always have about Star Wars. Since <laughs> get back in the Mandalorian. Alright, so episode chapter one, sorry. They call them chapters, I believe, to not confuse you with the fact that the Star Wars movies are called episodes. Ooh, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. That's probably that's probably true. I'm pretty sure I told you that at some point during the last season but i guess it's been a year oh and also just the whole series was created by john favreau i think he wrote every episode of season one and most of the episodes of season two but they had uh kind of a rotating cast of directors um some like dave filoni who'd worked on uh clone wars and some people from other things anyway so chapter one the mandalorian we're first introduced to the mandalorian he goes into a bar, starts a bar fight, grabs a bounty. He's a bounty hunter, he's a Mandalorian, he's badass. Basically, that establishes that in the first two minutes. He chops a guy in half using a door. Oh, yeah, that's right, I forgot about that. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, it's on a different world, something we hadn't really seen. It's like a snowy, icy planet. It's not hot, yeah. And The planet's name uh, is Maldo Crace whatever significance that has probably none there a creature attacks his ship he flies off he has this guy in tow the guy like asks for the bathroom because he's molting or something like he's this weird alien anyway uh he tries to hack into the ship or i think he tries to steal one of the mando's weapons and the mando freezes him in carbonite which is also really cool to see because it's clearly become like an established thing now but Right, yeah. Because that doing it to Han Solo was the first instance of it, so. Yeah, because he wasn't even sure if Han would survive being frozen. Right, and it's clearly very efficient. He did it, like, instantly in, in well, yeah, he had, the like, ship, a... as opposed to the giant room that they had in uh, Episode 5. 
Yeah, they apparently, like, almost uh, miniaturized the tech instead of having to have, like, a giant room, which... Um, Anyway, so he goes back to uh, seemingly his kind of main base, the planet Navarro, and hands over the bounties. I think he has, like, they're almost like dog tags or something. They're kind of, like, proof that he did the bounty to his his handler, I guess, uh, Grief Karga played by Carl Weathers. Uh, oh, The Mandalorian, by the way, as far as we know, is called The Mandalorian and played by Pedro Pascal most of the time. He has a name, but, like, we know the name, but I don't think it's ever stated in the show. Cause it's, it's no, 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 Din- it is. I'm just saying, as of Chapter 1, we don't know his name. I don't remember it even being in the show. I just remember, like, I remember finding out the name before we found it out from anything else from a random article. I yeah, it was, it was leaked somewhere else before, but pretty sure he says his name. At least in the episode, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Okay, okay. Anyway, so Carl Weathers, Grief Karga is his handler. He just call him know, Carl Weathers because yeah, because why not? He's fucking yeah. Carl Weathers. He's a badass in this, though. I mean, he's <laughs> always a badass, I guess, but gives him this special job. So Mando goes to meet with the client, literally only the character's only name ever, the client, who's this like former imperial official. He seems to be pretty high ranking. He's got a a group of stormtroopers. We never learn his name, what he wants, what he's doing. Uh, and it's played by Warner Herzog. But he asks Mando to track down a bounty and there's no, uh, oh, th- that's what they're called, pucks, bounty pucks. But he does have like a tracking signal. The only information he gives him is that the creature, the creature is 50 years old super old yeah yeah so mando goes to this planet i thought it was tatooine it would have been cool if it was tatooine it's not tatooine it's another desert planet there's so many planets it's better for them to just give us more more made-up planets than have everything no, occur on there's the same too many fucking planets. planets why are all these planets terraformed that's the other thing i don't like about the star wars universe i'm not going to get into it <laughs> Every fucking movie or show, they have to invent three new planets, three new ships. It's bullshit. Why would they have that many different ships and shit? Because there's so many planets and so many people making ships. No, bullshit. <laughs> anyway, uh, on the planet, he meets up with Quill, who is an Ugnaught, voiced by Nick Nolte, which is awesome, who's a, a tamer of these kind of creatures that you ride. They're called Blurgs. And he guides him to this settlement. Mando starts fighting people, and then this IG droid shows up. Uh, IG-88 was barely in the movies, but he's become uh, famous in, in fan lore and stuff. This bounty yeah, hunting like droid. Shadows of the Empire and stuff. But... Yeah, this is IG-11, and they're both tracking the same target, which is against, like, bounty hunter guild rules. So they're kind of confused. But they agree to work together. They clear out the whole base. There's a badass scene. Mando jumps on this crazy turret, all kinds of shit. Um, IG just spins around with guns. It's it's good action. Yeah. And then IG-11's... Uh, so the Mando was given clear instructions that the, the creature is to be brought back. Actually, I think it was he was incentivized to bring it back alive, but he could be brought back dead. I don't I remember that part, but sure. But IG-11 has to kill it so they did not get the same job from the same person there's something weird going on here but when they see what it is it's baby fucking yoga 
if somehow you haven't heard about Baby Yoda, where do you live and how do you stay so far away from civilization? Well, they're uh, probably not listening to the podcast either because true. apparently they're hermits. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Baby Yoda, we don't really know what it is. It's just the same species as Yoda. It is a little baby, even though it is 50 years old. Yoda was 900. I like how Disney's still upset that we're all calling it Baby Yoda and they want us to call it the right. child. It's, supposed to, it's only referred to in the show as the child. It, everything says it's the sh- child, but well, it's fucking It's their baby fault Yoda. for Get not board, giving Disney. us the name of Yoda's species because you can't just call it Baby. Like, we would have maybe called it Baby Species Name if they gave us the species name, but since we don't have that, Yoda. Baby fucking Yeah. So, yeah, IG-11 wants to kill it. Mando's like, oh, but little baby, and also I get more money if it's alive. So he shoots a hole in IG-11, and that's it. Yeah. A lot of action. Episode 1 was really good. Uh, it's very westerny. That was the one thing that surprised me so much that I wasn't expecting it. It has, like, so many western tropes. It had the, the shootout in the town, and uh, that continues throughout the whole series. It just wasn't what I expected, but it worked really well. It's it's a space western. Yeah. We always want more of. Well, we want one specific one, but we're never getting it. <laughs> we'll watch Firefly too. Chapter two, the child. Should Baby call it Yoda. Chapter two, Baby Yoda. Yeah, rename that. Baby Yoda, the child. Mando's escorting him. He's in this little hover pod. He gets attacked by some, I think they're Trandoshans, and he fights them off, and then he gets back to his ship, and of course Jawas have stripped it apart. Uh, he chases after them and falls off of their sand crawler. Are Jawas just always on sand planets? Yeah. There's no like Jawas on like ice planets. No, their their species is probably likes the heat or is more resistant to heat i don't know i want some snow jawas and like uh in like white little robes so he has to he, he negotiates so, yeah anyway yeah, it, it's a very much also a western trope here where he has to like oh he's chasing negotiate down the with the natives he, he's and... chasing down the train and then oh yeah yeah, up, uh, train yeah and then he ends up smoking the peace pipe and yeah it's like they're native americans it's very much uh quill comes and helps him and he like translates for him and anyway it's this whole thing they want this egg and then they'll give him back everything that they stole so he has to go get the egg but he has to face down this mud horn which yeah. is basically just a big furry rhino uh it's kind of like the creature from one of the creatures from the gladiator arena in episode two but anyway he almost dies trying to do it but then baby yoda reaches out with a force and stops it. and then he passes out mando grabs the egg they give it to the jawas they eat it yeah <laughs> the egg just looks like it's full of nacho cheese <laughs> yeah i like that nacho cheese egg yeah and then they spend a long time fixing his ship, and Quill just does it just because. Um, he gives a little bit of his backstory that he was like a slave of the Empire and stuff, so he's whatever. He's kind of Mando's guide. 
that's basically it for episode two. Mm-hmm. Episode three, the sin. So Mando <laughs> lets Baby Yoda kind of wander around the ship, and he plays with the cockpit stuff. Anyway, he goes back to Navarro, and he is going to deliver Baby Yoda to the client, Warner Herzog. He's pretty reluctant about it. He asks, like, what's what what's going to be done about it? But he hands it over. And in return, he gets a shitload of Beskar, which is Mandalorian steel, very powerful, able to, like, withstand lightsabers. Pretty awesome. I also like that he gets it in um, uh, what's called a Camptona, which looks like an ice cream maker. Just because everyone was really into that, like, random guy in Empire that was running through Cloud City carrying this ice cream maker. So it's just a callback to that. Anyway, so he takes his steel and goes to the Mandalorian Enclave. And we see that there's a whole bunch of Mandalorians. And the armorer uh, takes a female Mandalorian, uh, takes the steel, and fashions him shiny new armor. Yeah. And he goes to grief to follow up and ask about, like, the the child and what's happening to it. And he's like, what are you doing? You don't do this. You know, that's not the way we do business. That's not what you ever do. And he tries to tell him to just, you know, walk away, go enjoy his wealth. And then he ends up sneaking back in. We see some of his gadgets at this point. He pulls out the big uh, rifle and it has like a special thermal scope, and I think he had like a sound thing on it. And anyway, he he uses kind of a bunch of gadgets to get in and kill some stormtroopers. And, and there's this doctor there who's wearing, I mean, you thought it was a coat from the um, Camino yeah. cloning facility, which right. there were never any humans there, so. Yeah, I don't but, know, who I knows? Mean, the Emperor was notoriously xenophobic, so he could have cleared the aliens out. Who knows? Right, well, now that we've seen Episode Nine, and we know that they decided to go with Palpatine making clones, I think it leads more credence to him, like, kind of trying to steal the Kaminoans' clone technology. Right. Yeah. And that he seemingly existed at this point still? Like, the Emperor was still running things behind the scenes, maybe? Maybe. Anyway, so there's this doctor. He's doing something to the uh, baby Yoda. We don't really know. Mando rescues him. Uh, and then basically everyone in Navarro turns on him. All of the other mercenaries, all of the other bounty hunters, even Grief, Karga. But then a huge army of Mandalorians come in. I, well, not huge, whatever. There's like 10 of them. You know, they're a much tighter bond, but you can see that uh, Mando kind of gets pulled away from being a bounty hunter to being a Mandalorian. And then they head off, and they're basically just on the run, Mando and Baby Yoda. And the um, the Mandalorians were kind of living in secret, so they kind of said, like, oh, we have to go find a new enclave now. Right. And then also, one of the Mandalorians, I think, is John Favreau. It's voiced by him. Well, it's, yeah, it's the, I think, son or grandson of the character that he voiced in Star Wars The Clone Wars. It has the same uh, same surname. 
uh, he was a Mandalorian on the animated series there as well. Right. And then, I mean, that character was also related to something that happens, you know, at the end of this season. So I wonder if that's on purpose. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, chapter 4, Sanctuary. So Mando settles on, I think, a random planet. I don't think he had any destination in mind or he chose the planet for any reason other than maybe it was out of the yeah, way. Yeah, I think he chose it because it looked like, oh, yeah, this is a shithole random planet. <laughs> right, no it, 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 come it here, didn't right? have like a big settlement or anything on it. So yeah, he goes to this planet called Sorgan. He is at a bar, little cantina. He sees... Gina Carano plays a character called Cara Dune, who I don't think it's obvious right away, but basically she's a former rebel Republic. shock trooper. Yeah. No, not, not Republic. Not Republic, yeah. yeah did not right. go yeah. to the Republic and yeah. instead she's fled. part of the rebellion. Yeah. Was she fighting or was someone else fighting? There was. I remember there being like a boxing match in the cantina. No, I, I don't remember her fighting. I think she just fights him because she thinks that... Uh... He's, He's there after. to get her, yeah. yeah. Yeah, She obviously recognizes him as a bounty hunter. Also, alternate name for this episode is also, like, I don't know, like, Magnificent 2? Because <laughs> it's, it's the plot line from the Magnificent 7. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like we said, all of these have a Western trope somewhere. So, yeah, we'll get into that. So, he... Someone asked him for help somewhere uh, about helping a local village. I think he was going to leave the planet or something, right? Yeah, yeah, and then it the, was like, the, uh, too much attention here. Because this local village is getting like attacked by raiders and stuff, and then they see his um, ship land, and then I don't know if it's because they see that he's a Mandalorian or something, but they they decide to go ask him for help, and he's initially like, nah, I, I'm leaving. But I forget right. what happens that makes him go like, okay, fine, I'll help you guys. Yeah, I don't remember the specifics either, but he ends up going to this village, and kind of starts to fall in love with this woman, Omera, played by Julia Jones, uh, who's a widow. And Baby Yoda's, like, playing with the kids there, and he seems all happy, and he kind of thinks, like, oh, maybe I could settle down here. But he also enlists Cara Dune to help fight against the raiders, and then, yeah, they, they do a Magnificent Seven. They They train the villagers and all the people to fight back. The raiders have an ATST. I'm still confused about that because it almost seemed like that ATST was like automated. Yeah, it had a weird red glowy light. I don't know. Yeah, they seemingly may have hacked it together for some reason to make it automated. Don't know. Yeah, they they fight off the raiders and again everything seems happy and peaceful. There is a little more of the Mandalorian exposed here that uh, he can never take his helmet off, so that's like an established thing uh, because Omera tries to remove his helmet. But he does seem like he's maybe willing to do that, and then some uh, bounty hunter... Was it the same bounty hunter or just the same species as the guy from Episode 4, that the anteater aliens? I don't know what they're called. Uh, I think it's just the same species. I don't know if it's the same guy. But Anyway, he tries yeah, to like, snipe he, Baby Yoda and uh, Cara Dune takes him out, but then Mando's like, okay, they they know where we are, I can't stay here. So they... Well, because his original plan was just to leave Baby Yoda there with uh, Omera to take care of the kid, and he'd leave and continue his, like, you know, bounty hunter ways. Right. And he realizes that wherever he leaves the kid, the kid's going to be in trouble, so he decides to take Baby Yoda. 
So we still don't really understand how these tracking beacons work. Every bounty gets a tracking beacon. Uh, it seems like every single being in the universe has some tracking thing in them that you can always track people. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Still don't understand like, how that... like, it would have made more sense to me that, like, that they tracked, you know, Mando down. And then, like, they like had somebody tell him that the Razor's Crest is there or something, and that's why they found him. But, yeah, based on his fact that he thinks that Baby Yoda's at risk, they must be tracking Baby Yoda somehow, which doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Uh... Also, this has two very important scenes you forgot, which is <laughs> just Baby Yoda trying to eat a frog. <laughs> yes, that is the cutest part of the entire series. I, I also I also really like when they're fighting outside, uh, Cara Dune and Mando, and then Baby Yoda just comes out oh, and he's just sipping, sipping soup. soup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that one's pretty close too, yes. This was definitely... Whoever directed uh, Chapter 4 leaned very heavily into the cute factor of Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good stuff. Anyway, uh, I think that's it on Chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Chapter 5 is The Gunslinger. Opens right away with Space Fight, which is cool. Mando's ship, the Razor Crest, is being attacked by a bounty hunter. He pulls some cool maneuvers and blows him up, but he gets damaged. And he has to stop on a remote desert planet. And it finally is Tatooine. Thank God. Yay. And he stops at a repair yard, uh, and this woman, Peli Mato comes out to help him with her pit droids. Kind of a callback to episode one, I guess. But Mando has this weird thing, and I think he may have said it in the first episode, or at least he seemed uncomfortable around droids, but he explicitly says she cannot repair his ship with droids. Yeah, I mean, um, like, he, he denies, like, a taxi fare because it's a droid-driven land speeder and a bunch of other he's, things. He's a droidist. We don't know why, but... I think we've seen, like, some flashes of it so far, like, in the flashbacks. We definitely haven't seen the droids. We're, yeah, we haven't seen, like, the 100% proof of what it is yet. I remember I remember yeah. trying to figure out why he was so, like, droidist. Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely suspect it, but... Anyway, so he doesn't really have money you know he got paid in beskar for his last job and his ship is pretty fucked up so he kind of goes to the local cantina which is it the same cantina from episode four i don't remember now i don't think he's in moss Eisley, is he okay i don't know anyway meet some guy who really wants to to be han solo yeah kind of yeah he's like this young guy so he has this bounty already he's a bounty hunter but it's against uh this really elite mercenary that everyone seems to know by name called fennec shand and yeah they they team up to take her down and i think he offers that mando can have all the money he just wants kind of the the credit i shouldn't use the word credit because they use credits as money he (laughs) wants the notoriety of the uh, the bounty, uh, Mando can have the credits, the money of it. Uh, and yeah, they track her through the Tatooine desert, and uh, they ride speeder bikes, and it's cool. Uh, and they track her down, but then she reveals to uh, this guy, his name's Toro Calican, 
that the Mando, the guy he's with, is worth way more money than she is and, you know, even more notoriety because he fucked over the entire Bounty Hunters Guild. So instead of trying to, I guess, capture them both, he ends up just shooting Fennec? Yeah, I mean, he was already scared of getting this one by himself, so I don't know if he, he thought he could take two of them. I thought he was uh, going to do, like, a double cross where he worked with Fennec, but... Yeah, so did I. It seemed like it. Like, that's what she obviously wanted, and that's why she told him that. But he just ended up shooting her. And then he kind of, I guess, races back ahead of Mando and gets on his ship. And he, you know, comes out with his gun out and, you know, is going to capture him. And then uh, Pelly, I think, just knocks him out or something, right? She doesn't kill him. I don't remember. All I remember uh, from this episode is that Mando is a bad dad because he uh, he just leaves the baby in the ship and then just leaves. Oh, yeah, that's right. She finds him. Uh, the the woman repairing the ship finds him and ends up mothering him. And Yeah. You can't uh, just leave a baby on a ship. He's 50 years old. He's a baby. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Mando just leaves, I, I guess, without paying. How did that work out? Oh, maybe she just liked the baby so much. She's like, all right, whatever. Free. Yeah. For the cuteness factor. Uh, and then the only other weird thing we see is that someone approaches the dead body of Fennec. And we think that this person is probably tracking Mando. Don't yeah. see the person. Don't know what they look like. Kind of at this person, hits. at this point, I thought it was some sort of like badass uh, bounty hunter. I uh, yeah, so did I, named Boba Fett. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I don't think Boba Fett had spurs on his boots. Dude, his armor got destroyed in the fucking uh, what's your exit. Yeah, uh, but I don't think he'd like replace it by going all gunslinger with boots on. The name of the episode is called The Gunslinger, dude. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> it's the crappy uh, it's the crappy Han Solo ripoff that's The Gunslinger, and he sucks. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, this was... The episode was fine, but it was a little weaker, I think. Contrast that with Chapter 6, The Prisoner. One of the best episodes. <laughs> yes, by far. So Mando goes to this kind of shipyard dock out in the middle of nowhere, no planet here, and meets up with his old buddy that he seemingly used to work with actually be part of a gang with uh, named Ran, R-A-N, Ran, played by Mark Boone Jr. And he gets hired on to a crew job uh, that's going to be a, a jailbreak with Bill Burr, Natalie Tana, I forget how to say his name, Richard Owade? Iowade. Iowade and Clancy Brown. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they don't. Pretty... They're not them though. They're all they're, well. Bill Burr's Bill Burr. Well, Bill Burr's Bill Burr. But yeah, like. Uh, so Bill Burr plays just a human bounty hunter uh, named Mayfield. Natalie Tana plays a Twi'lek called Jayan. Richard Iowade is a droid Q9, I think. And Clancy Brown is uh, I forget the species, the devil. Species, uh, I think they're called Devorians. Yeah, named Berg. So it's like a diverse Star Wars group of aliens and, uh, you know, a droid. It, it's pretty cool. 
Uh, I like that Bill Burr's uh, character has something that's like a callback to, to Shadows of the Empire, which I really like, but I don't think everybody played. But um, he has this like attachment that has like a third blaster arm, which is like a thing that um, Dash Rendar, the bounty hunter from Shadows of the Empire, has. So anyway, they get onto this Republic, New Republic, tra- jail transport ship. So it's kind of like it, it is you know, kind of like an old West, you know, break into the carriage or maybe like the train car kind of a thing. And it's policed by these really shitty droids. The, the droid Q9 on their ship basically just hacks in and then stays on the ship and lets them know about, um, you know, the cameras and stuff, I think, but they go retrieve another Quilek, a male, uh, a Quilek, a uh, male Twi'lek named Quinn, who's Cheyenne's brother but then they betray Mando and kick him into a cell. I, I I guess at this point they didn't realize how valuable he was and they were just pissed off from, uh, I forget the, the reason, they were pissed off from like a previous mission that he fucked him over or something. Yeah, cause he, because uh, he, he knew this crew before, right? And, and then... he was part of this crew. Yeah, they had talked about some of the things he did and like it, it kind of implied they did some bad shit together. But they clearly weren't in league with the Bounty Hunter Guild because they would have realized they could have turned him in for money. So, anyway, Mano breaks out. Uh, I forget what he does. He kind of just hacks it, right? Uh, I don't remember. But, yeah, he breaks out and then proceeds. And then he goes on. It turns into, like, a horror movie. He turns (laughs) out the lights and kills, well, captures them one by one. Um, At first, it seemed like he was killing them. Yeah, he uh, he closes the doors and makes them split up, and then yeah, tracks them down one by one, and ends up throwing all of them into a cell. And then he takes the the bounty Quinn, the guy he was supposed to take back to Rand, saying, "I finished the mission, I get paid." But of course, they're not happy about that. Rand tries to kill him, but Mando stole the tracker that was on Quinn in case he got away and kept it with him and basically put it on this shipyard dockyard and then flew away as they were going to shoot him down and X-Wings show up and blow up the base. So the people uh, in the X-Wing are random directors from, yeah, three of the directors from, from this show. um, One of who is Dave Filoni. Yeah. But yeah, so Ran and Quinn are most assuredly dead, but we haven't potentially seen the last of Mayfield, Jayanne, Q9, and Burke. Uh, that's about it for Chapter 6, right? Yeah, I think so. Baby Yoda's not really involved. I mean, they kind of stumble on him at one point. There's some tension there, because they don't know what the hell he is, and why is Mando taking care of it, but Nothing really comes of it, other than the fact right. that they've seen him, which could be of significance later, maybe. We shall see. Chapter 7, The Reckoning. So he gets an offer from Grief Karga that they can square things off. He's not going to have the bounty on his head anymore if he comes back to Navarro to take out the client, uh, the, the Imperial officer, and the stormtroopers. He's kind of like, 
uh, okay. I mean, Mando basically decides he has to go because he keeps being hunted and he can't fucking make any money or keep going. But he also but, is like, it's obviously a trap. Yes. So, yeah, so he, so he goes to and, get his and, crew together. Yeah, he picks up uh, Cara Dune, Quill, and Quill has a friend reprogrammed IG-11. So he basically turned him from an assassin droid into a babysitter droid. I think he was helping Quill around his farm or something, but anyway, he serves him tea. That's the only part I remember. Yeah, yeah I remember that too. So they go in onto Navarro. They they stay outside the town and kind of meet in the outskirts because no one no one really trusts each other. Uh, but then they decide to all ride in together to the town, and then damn Minox show up and attack. I don't know what to equate this to. It, it's still pretty westerny, but the Minoc attack, I guess, a, a wolf attack, sure. Sure. Um, no, it's birds. It, birds are scary. Yeah, they don't really. Ha- what birds attack people like that? Sorry. Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Yeah, sure. So Grief gets badly hurt. The two or three guys he brought with him all happen to get killed, I think. Or maybe there's one left. No, I'm pretty sure they all get killed. All dead, yeah. And Baby Yoda uses the magic hand thing uh, and heals him. <laughs> and yeah, it's the first, like... Uh... Everyone sees it. So, uh, I mean, Mando had no idea what he had seen. The Force is still, like, this myth that people don't really understand. And I forget if he talks about it with Quill at this point or if maybe that was earlier... But earlier is basically the one it. that suggests, oh, I've heard about this. This is the force. Yeah. And That's he it. talks to Quill about it after the uh, the levitation of the mudhorn happens. Right. So then... But like even for us, this is the first um like canon version of force healing that we've ever seen. Very true, yes. Yeah, he we, we literally see the wound, you know, disappear and all that. So Grief basically says all right, you know, I was obviously going to fuck you guys over, but since this little guy he'll saved my life and is some kind of magic, um, let's leave Baby Yoda with Quill uh, on the ship where he'll be safe. Or, no, they, they just leave him with him and tell him to go back to the ship. They're kind of closer to town and seemingly a long ride away. And then they go into the town. And the client is basically ready to get Baby Yoda, but a Moff shows up, Moff Gideon, played by Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking so, Bad fame. Hey, it all comes back. We yeah. we, we intentionally referenced that earlier. <laughs> and they kind of surround this cantina that they've met in, and actually they end up just murdering the client, the the whatever, the lower Imperial officer guy and his stormtroopers and uh, Mando and Grief and Cara Dune just kind of take cover. But somehow they know, I forget how they know, that they don't have Baby Yoda. And Gideon sends uh, speeder bike troopers out after Quill, who's riding off on uh, his flurg to try to get back to the ship. Right. And blurgs are not faster than speeder bikes. 
Yeah, so Mando's urgently trying to tell him, hey, they're coming after you. You get to the ship and the defense systems will take care of everything. No one can get in that ship. You get in the ship, you're safe. Uh, but he doesn't hear anything back from him. And then we see that Quill is dead and they have taken Baby Yoda. Sadness. But in episode eight, we find out that it was taken by Jason Sudeikis. And he's a nice guy, so... <laughs> And Adam Pally, who I'm and still Adam not Pally. really familiar with, but uh, infamous scene. So going into Chapter 8, Redemption, these two troopers are waiting outside the town with the Baby Yoda, and they end up punching Baby Yoda. I mean, it was kind of funny when they were shooting the shit until they started like abusing Baby Yoda. Yeah, and then IG-11 shows up and goes full babysitter mode and murderizes down divine justice upon them and then runs off with baby yoda on the speeder and then there's still this standoff between moff gideon and this huge battalion of stormtroopers and you know mando grief and cara dune just three Pretty good soldiers, but still only three people. Uh, and they decide to escape into the sewers. And IG-11 shows up just in time. Does his spinny gun trick. He's protecting Baby Yoda with his body and flies in on the speeder bike. But in the firefight, Mando gets really badly hurt and tells everyone to head off. Um, they try to help him, and he's like, no, 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 you, you can't see my face, you can't, you know, I can't take my helmet off. Uh, and I guess there's a loophole that no living thing can see him, but IG-11's not living, so he can. Mm-hmm. So he takes his helmet off, and we actually get to see Pedro Pascal for a brief moment, and he heals him enough to not be mortally wounded, I guess. Uh, and then they yeah, go down into the sewers. They're trying to meet up with the Mandalorian, the other Mandalorians there, but they're all gone. But they do meet up with the armorer, who's kind of there saying we were attacked by Imperials, we're, we're trying to get out. And then she basically says Mando's quest, his, his mission uh, is that he must protect Baby Yoda and get him back to his kind. And... Yeah, there's some lore there about the the baby being a foundling and what foundling means. Um, I, th- I think at I, this I point we have seen uh, more yeah. of his like backstory and like I, I forget when this was, but so Mandalorian at this point, again going way back into Star Wars nerdiness, Mandalore was a planet that was full of Mandalorians. They basically, I think, mined and manufactured Beskar steel. They were very wealthy and they fought with Jedi sometimes. And anyway. They seemingly got wiped out by the Empire uh, when the Empire came to power because there's references to basically Mandalore not existing anymore. Right. So it seems like they've instead adopted more of a just a creed that it's not, you know, people from the planet Mandalore. It's people we save and adopt. And we see the Mandalorian, by the way, at some point, I'm sure his name is said. His name is Din Jaren. Yeah. And he is on a planet as a young kid uh, that is being attacked by droids during the Clone Wars. Yeah, and, the super battle droids too, so. Yeah, uh, and he gets hidden hidden away, 
and uh, Super Battle Droid is about to blast him in the face when the the Mandalorians, the bet, you know, the kind of typical jetpack armor wielding guys show up and save him, and then he basically gets adopted into the clan. You know, gets armor, seemingly never removes it again, and and follows kind of their rules and their creed. But now she's basically saying, you know, you've you've made Baby Yoda your foundling. You have to take care of him. And then she uses one last bit of Beskar to give him his official signet, which is a mud horn and a jetpack. Yeah, but where's where's Baby Yoda's Mandalorian helmet? <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> anyway, they get chased. They go into this lava river and basically take this boat down but they get trapped they can you know only go out this tunnel but there's a bunch of stormtroopers there so ig11 sacrifices himself and uh literally just detonates himself he has a thermal detonator in his chest and uh kills all the stormtroopers uh but then moff gideon shows up in a tie fighter fortunately he's a really bad shot and I think they must just have shitty targeting systems in Imperial. Uh, maybe like whoever's designing it for them is purposefully making them bad. Ah, like the sabotage of the Death Star. Yes. yes. Sure. Uh, plot hole solved. Um, yeah. <laughs> Same thing with the the stormtroopers' guns and helmets and everything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all been sabotaged on purpose. Yeah. They just win through sheer numbers still. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, the best line of the entire series. Grief asked Baby Yoda to do the magic hand thing. <laughs> Baby Yoda just waves his hand, which was funny. But yeah, uh, Mando fires up his jetpack and attacks the TIE fighter midair, throws a bomb on it, it crashes. Grief says, Hey, let's you know, let's all go away together, and Mando's like, No, no, I gotta I gotta take Baby Yoda out. But Grief and Kara Seem to kind of team up. take Baby Yoda out, like when he has to go poop. <laughs> yes. yes, he does. <laughs> so they head off, go their separate ways. He does bury Quill and seemingly gets on the Razor Crest and flies off. But last shot is we go back to the crashed TIE fighter and. <laughs> Yeah, lightsaber cuts through it, and Moff Gideon comes out, and he's actually holding the dark saber. Which, we, we again, if you don't it's know, the dark saber, right? Like, there's no like cloned uh, copy of a dark saber. There is only one known dark saber ever known. Yeah. In Star Wars lore, as far as we know, he could have another one potentially, but uh, yeah, it was part of last we knew from the Clone Wars series, I believe, or maybe it was in Rebels. I don't know. I haven't watched Rebels. It was part of Mandalorian lore, and a Mandalore had it. Uh, the, the Mandalore, like the king of the planet, uh, had it at one point. So this guy may have been involved with like sieging Mandalore and stealing it. We're not really sure. That's kind of what I assume. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. That is the eight episodes of season one of The Mandalorian it's pretty awesome it's a western it's star wars if you like either of those things i'll think you like you'll like it it's the reference the might... best thing we've gotten out of disney buying star wars 
Yes, by far. Seven, eight, and nine were nowhere near the caliber of this. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good. And yeah, so let's briefly talk about what we think for season two. Again, we have not watched the trailer. If you have, you may actually know more than us, but uh, we don't like being spoiled, and we hate the fucking trailers that are made for everything, so we don't watch them anymore. I also think it's hilarious when we go off on a horrible, like, idea tangent, and then the show is nothing like we envisioned. <laughs> that's, that's part hey, of why I that still was like... one of our most successful episodes ever. Go listen to our review of just the pilot of... Uh, reprisal, reprisal, uh, reprisal on Hulu. Our show yeah, that we watched we... one episode and we went off on this crazy tangent of what we thought it was going to be. And we never watched it again, but we ended up looking it up and we were wrong, but, but... our idea was much better than the actual show. <laughs> so 100% just listen, just watch <laughs> the first episode of the show and listen to our podcast and then just pretend that that's what happened. It'll be amazing. Trust us. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. We don't have to speculate a lot. There's a couple of things I want to touch on because there's a couple of rumors out there. One, Boba Fett's going to be in season two. I heard that. That is pretty strongly suspected. Uh, The guy that plays Jango Fett in episode two, I don't know his name, Tamora Morrison or something, I believe is in the billing or someone found something. I don't know. It seems like... But it could also just be a... he could also theoretically be a clone, is what people think. The Can clones, he be Rex? Yeah, so the clones by now should have died. Uh, the clones had enhanced aging. They should be long dead. Like, But Star Wars Rebels perpetuated them and kept them going, and it's not that much of a stretch to think, okay, maybe a couple of clones lasted 10 years after Rebels, because Rebels is roughly 10 years before this, I think. Yeah, and then... So, there has been speculation that Ahsoka that Tano, but I don't think that's going to Very happen. strong suspicion that Ahsoka Tano will be in it, or and or uh, Ezra Bridger from Rebels, the main character, will be in it. Mm. I honestly would hate it if any of those characters except Boba Fett was in it. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the characters. I think Ahsoka Tano should be dead because there's too many fucking Jedi that survived the purge. And I think she should have died. I think Vader should have killed her. Uh, I think that should be part of the Obi-Wan series. If I was writing the Obi-Wan series, I would write that shit. Just saying. Uh, I don't think Ezra Bridger should be alive. That doesn't make any fucking sense. He was part of the Rebellion. Why was he not in 4, 5, and 6? Doesn't No. Doesn't make any sense. I don't care how you write it. There's no fucking yeah, I think the scenario problem that makes is, sense. I think the problem is they introduce these characters and then they get really popular. And then they don't want to kill them off anymore. Yeah, you like, can't fucking shoehorn them in. They're dead. Get over it. I There's do no think fucking way that... Rex or any clones should be alive because they're way too fucking old at this point. They were, like, in their 80s. It, not actually, but in terms of how their bodies aged in Rebels. So they would be, like, in their hundreds. No. They're fucking dead. Let them die. The only person that could have survived, and I get people being pissed off if Boba Fett's in the show because we kind of saw him die, but... In the old canon, he did escape from the Sarlacc pit. His armor was fucked up. He was badly wounded, but he escaped and survived. Uh, Now, Boba Fett is obviously a clone as well, but he did not have the enhanced aging. He is the only one that makes sense for me to still be alive at this point. 
I feel like he's got to find some sort of Force-sensitive Jedi-like character, which is why they're probably going to use either Ezra or Ahsoka. Because he needs some sort of, you know, Jedi help to deal with Baby Yoda. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just... Unless he finds Obi-Wan. No, wait, this is post-6. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, then... One ghost? Uh, yeah, Obi-Wan's ghost should pop up. Yoda's ghost? Yoda's ghost Stop. is the best one to pop up. Yeah, is baby Yoda actually Yoda and Yaddle's son? Yeah. Who knows? Ooh, that's some spicy romance drama. Anyway, yeah, so uh, questions to be answered. So those are rumors. That we have no suspicion from having watched the first season that any of that will be true. That's just what we've heard since then. Going off of what actually happened in the show, we got to figure out what the fuck baby Yoda is and why he's so important, other than the fact that he can use the Force. Uh, our theory in one of the episodes from last year that we talk about is the harvesting of metachlorines. Uh, Yoda had very high metachlorines. It stands to reason that whatever baby Yoda is, if he's just part of the same race or if he is a clone, has very high metachlorines. He's able to use the Force without any knowledge of the Force at a very young age. And could that be used to revitalize the emperor in some way because he uh, the, the clone of the emperor that's my strongest suspicion anything else i guess is potentially just the empire or the remnants of the empire trying to convert him to their cause and having a strong force user on their side i don't think anything else really makes sense but that's all i can think of yeah i still like the theory that he's literally a clone of yoda which would essentially make him baby yoda yeah but uh, yeah, anyway, who knows? The other thing, you know, uh, we kind of talked about uh, who's Gideon? Why does he have the Darksaber? He's clearly going to be pretty important in this show. Uh, I would like to see Kara and Grief come back. I would like to see the crew that got trapped in the Rebel prison ship come back. And who who's stalking Mando? Who was that on Tatooine? I, I really don't think it makes sense to be anyone other than Boba Fett. Uh, I think Boba Fett would be cool, but maybe not. And I guess, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's clearly just going to keep being hunted by the Empire. And I don't know if this season will have a similar style of him kind of bouncing around from place to place. I'm sure it will still follow the kind of lone gunslinger Western tropes. So... We'll just Wait, have you, to see. you don't think the uh, the random shoes and thing that were tracking him was Moff Gideon? No, wearing spurs. No, why would God... He's a moth. Why would he go off by himself? No, it's clearly a bounty he hunter. He apparently has the fucking dark saber. What do you mean? Why would he go off by himself? That doesn't make him a badass. He could have just taken it off of a dead body. I don't know about that. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I I think he will be a badass, and I hope he will be. But I I it no. It makes no sense for him to be on Tatooine by himself. He would hire a bounty hunter to do that. I'm trying to find pictures of his shoes. <laughs> They're just kind of spurs. I think They're westerny. I think it could also be. I, I don't know. It could be any bounty hunter. But I I like the the idea of it being Boba and Boba versus Mando would be a good fight. Well, yeah, I mean, I was hoping that it was some badass bounty hunter. And I know you always wanted to be Dengar, but 
oh, there are rumors that Dengar will be in season two, my friend. <laughs> and if you recall, Dengar is still fucking canon. He turned himself into a goddamn cyborg. Sure. Yeah. So badass Dengar starting to be a cyborg. Maybe he's got a robot eye. Oh, yeah. That's definitely... Oh, John. John Favreau, if you need any writing help, hit me up, buddy. Is Bosk still alive? Yeah, I don't know. The The only other thing I know of Bosk is from old uh, canon, whatever they call it now, Star Wars Legends. So also, I, I don't know. IG-88 still alive? Sure, why not? I don't think All they're gonna. I don't, I don't think they're up. gonna bring them in because they're trying to, I think, move away from that old canon, and they don't want to. I don't know. Maybe they will. Who knows? I think bringing eighty-eight in would be nice, just is because it's still alive. To Eleven. Who's who? Thrawn. Oh well, yeah. I don't know. He I, is they, canon. They, he was just yeah. Much they reintroduced the canon, the canon the right? Yeah. He 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 was in Rebels, so. I haven't watched Rebels at all, so I don't know what they did with him. But like, he's still Thrawn. He's the same character. He's still he's just Thrawn. Thirty Thrawn. years okay. early. He was so good, and like the the Timothy Zahn novels basically set the tone for how to make expanded universe books. Yeah, and there's rumors that that might be the next series that they do, or they'll go to the old Republic. But who knows? Anyway, so yeah, Mando season two will have been out as of yesterday, as of this recording. Yeah, October 30th. Watch it. We'll have our thoughts on episode one, of course. Uh, I hope you've liked this. Uh, we do go into a lot more detail. If, if you want to really listen to it, we have all eight episodes of season one uh, from last year. Yeah, do a rewatch of the first season and just listen to I'm our really episodes. I'm really tempted to do that. I don't have time at this point, but uh, I really wanted to re rewatch season one, but... Hopefully this recap has helped you if you don't have time to do that. Yeah. I am excited. I have no idea what they're going to do, to be honest. I, I really didn't expect even the tone and the genre that season one took on. So, uh, yeah. And hopefully the trailers didn't give anything away, but we'll never know because we'll never watch them. Yeah. Learn Hashtag from us. Trailers. Never trailers. Trailers are evil. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on all the popular social media sites at StreamablePod and listen to the podcast on your favorite platforms. Please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review.